Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wednesday, November 15th, 2017. And once again, it's Mike Lyon coming to you live with the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. And this morning, we're going to take a long look at the Boston Celtics because they are the big, they continue to be the big story in Boston and really continue to be the big story in the NBA. Last night, they get their 13th win in a row. I said that correctly, 13 in a row after beating the Brooklyn Nets in a closer-than-anticipated game. But they do get a win by a final score of 109-102. to uh, It was not that close, actually. It was kind of a nail-biter into the fourth quarter. The teams traded some leads. The Celtics eventually got control of the game and pulled away to win by seven. Uh, the story in this one is the starting lineup. All five starters for the Celtics, and that included Marcus Morris, who started the game, uh, last night. I don't know if it was for the first time this season, but uh, he did start the game instead of Aaron Baines, uh, who I think may be a little banged up. But all five Celtics starters scored in double figures to lead this team to, win, to a win. Ky Kyrie Irving, first game back from what was deemed to be a facial fracture. He wore a mask and then took it off. Scored 25. Morris, in his first start, had a big game, 21 points for Marcus Morris, but he wasn't the only one. Horford in double figures with 19. Jalen Brown, 14. Jason Tatum continues to have a really good start to his career, 17 for the Celtics. They didn't get a ton out of the bench last night. Marcus Smart had a tough night. Did score six points, grabbed five rebounds, but uh, took some ill-advised shots. Not his greatest. Daniel Tice, another good rebounding game, seven boards off the bench, didn't score a ton. And they didn't get much else from their bench last night, but they didn't need to. They had a great outing from the starting five, and again, a, a B game from the Celtics these days is enough to win, especially against a team like Brooklyn. That is not very good. So 13 in a row for the Boston Celtics as they move to 13-2 and two on the young season. And of course, that's not even the biggest story of today. The biggest story of today is the fact that they are going to play tomorrow evening, and now they've got to start getting ready for it. They're going to play the Golden State Warriors at home. That game's on TNT tomorrow night, 8 o'clock p.m., and we're here to get you ready for that. The Celtics are, quite frankly, just the type of team that could knock off the Warriors. And the Warriors haven't played all that great this season compared to what they can do, but you have to keep not as good as they can do in a, in a little bit of context with the Warriors and, and reserve judgment on that. They're still 11-3. and three. They've won nine out of their last ten, and I know they, they there was some, some talk that they kind of struggled out of the gate and weren't kind of clicking on all cylinders right away. Well, again, the Warriors are the best team in the NBA for a reason. Even on an off night, they're still a top 10 team in the NBA. And uh, they're still, you know, they're still playing fine. They're still going to present more than a stiff test for the Celtics. And, you know, to say an 11-3 team is not firing all cylinders tells you all you need to know about the Warriors. They're still the, they're still the best team in the West. So you'll have the best in the West against the best in the East. And you'll have that tomorrow night. If you look at the Warriors and if you watch the NBA at all, you're, you're familiar with what they bring. But you're going to see a lot of similarities between the Celtics and the Warriors tomorrow night. The Celtics are a team that have played the Warriors tough in the past. I think probably because they play a very similar style. They move the ball. Both teams move the ball. Both teams are not huge. 
They rely on athleticism. They rely on, you know, versatility. Guys playing in different roles that they might not otherwise be, you know, characteristically suited for. And they also play good defense. If you watch the Warriors, Steph Curry is the superstar with good reason. He can make shots from literally anywhere on the court and does. He can get his own shot, moves well without the ball. I mean, there's a reason he's the best shooter in the NBA and, and one of the best players in the NBA. He gets all the attention. His backcourt mate, Clay Thompson, is, to me, one of the most underrated players in the National Basketball Association, if not the most underrated. And that's saying a lot because Clay Thompson's a superstar in his own right. You know, he's won a couple of championships. He's playing for the best team in the world. He's one of the best shooters in the world. He gets plenty of attention, but I'd argue that he does not get enough attention. All of the focus on Clay Thompson is on the fact that he's a, a superlative shooter, and he is between Curry and Clay. I mean, they have probably the best two shooters in the NBA in the same backcourt. And then when you add in Kevin Durant, who we'll get to in a second, you, you wonder how can anybody guard these guys, and truth be told, no one really does. But Clay Thompson, in addition to being a great shooter, is an elite defender. And when I say elite, he may be the best backcourt defender in the nation, in the NBA. Avery Bradley had something to say about that. Marcus Smart's really good, too. But I don't think either of these guys, as good as Avery Bradley is and as good as Marcus Smart is, I don't think either of them hold a candle to Klay Thompson. When Klay Thompson wants to lock you down, you're not getting anything. You know, he's 6'7", he's long. No one realizes that. The guy's 6'7", and he moves like a gazelle. I mean, he's... He's a 6'7 shooting guard and, and can really run with and, and play laterally with anybody in the NBA. I mean, his defense is, is probably like Michael Jordan's. I mean, it's that good. And so when you're when you're watching tomorrow, it'll be interesting to see who, who, who Clay guards. Because, I mean, in theory, he would get the other team's shooting guard, which might be Jalen Brown. But I think, I wonder if, if Steve Kerr will have him guard Kyrie Irving tomorrow night just because he can. And he, and like I said, he, he poses the, the, the toughest possible defensive assignment. So you know, the Celtics, the Celtics, the, excuse me, the Celtics secondary players, that was a tongue twister, will have to play a big role in this game because Kyrie's going to have to work to get his. And it's not to say he can't get his, but he's just going to have to work to do it. Steph Curry's not a bad defender in his own right, by the way. You know, people pick on him. They say he's only a shooter. And just an offensive mind. He's not a bad defender. Not bad. And then you get in the front court, and this is where they really excel, too. Kevin Durant, and it's it's good. one of the subplots of this game will be to see what kind of reaction Durant gets in Boston tomorrow. Obviously, a couple of years ago, when he was a free agent, the Celtics were on him heavily and were one of the finalists. Did a really, actually, said that they did a really good job in kind of making their pitch to him. They brought in Tom Brady and I think maybe somebody else to, to, to help pitch Durant. Didn't work out in the end. He chose the Warriors. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of a reaction he gets from the Celtics faithful tomorrow night. I anticipate he might hear a couple of boos. But so for all the, 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 the attention that gets paid to Kevin Durant's offense 
and it should get paid to Kevin Durant's offense. He's 6'11", he can shoot, he can dribble, he can do it all. Kevin Durant is a very underrated defender, and he's a very underrated rebounder. He, like I said, if you watch the finals last year, Kevin Durant was asked to guard LeBron a lot, but even when he wasn't asked to guard LeBron, he was asked to guard a, a Cavs big, and he did a pretty good job. I mean, nobody shuts down LeBron James. Nobody shuts him down. He's that good. You know, he's too strong. But Durant held his own. He held his own defensively. And, you know, like I said, the fact that he's 6'11 helps that. He's long. He's a lot like Thompson. He, so he, his his game is much more, much more well-rounded than people want to believe it is. It's very, very well-rounded. And he's been in the league for an awfully long time. I mean, Kevin Durant's no spring chicken anymore. If you can believe this, this is his 10th year in the NBA, I believe. 10 years for Kevin Durant. Seems like he just came out. And his backcourt mate and his, his forward mate, I guess I should say, Draymond Green, it's 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 funny when you've got a 6'11 small forward and a 6'5 power forward, and even center sometimes. That's what Draymond will do. You know what you're getting with Draymond. It's never pretty with him, but he can do it all. An elite defender, a good rebounder, an agitator. I mean, he's the type of guy that he's the Brad Marchand of the NBA. You want him on, you love him when he's playing for your team, and you hate him when he doesn't. He's the agitator. You know, he'll get dirty on occasion, as we've seen before. But Draymond is a hell of a basketball player in his own right. He can score. He can shoot. He can pass. I mean, people don't realize how good of a passer Draymond Green is, and sometimes he'll play point guard for these guys. It's it, So he's the perfect kind of thought for this Warriors team as a whole. You know, people say Draymond would not be a great player on any other team, and that's probably true. If he was asked to be a focal point or a superstar on another team, he probably wouldn't get the, get his the way that he gets him in San or, uh, in San Francisco in Golden State, whatever you want to call it. Oakland, I guess, is where they technically play. But he's the perfect guy to have on a team with so many other superstars. You need somebody to do to do the dirty work. You need somebody to kind of be the the vocal leader. I mean, you know, for all these other guys, as good as they are, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, some others. You know, they're more leaders by example. So Draymond is also the guy who takes the attention away from these other guys and lets them be themselves. I mean, Steph Curry just came out this week and, and wrote an article on the Players' Tribune about standing up. You know, we can't be silent anymore. It was a good article. Check it out. Uh, but generally, he's not much of a flashy kind of talker. Clay Thompson doesn't talk at all, and neither really does Durant. So he's the guy not only that dirties it up on the court and gets them the ball, gets some rebounds, defends, but he also talks it up off the court as well, so these other guys don't have to. It's it's the perfect blend of, of, of units and talents and versatility in, in Golden State, and what, what Kerr and the Warriors front office have done is really something special. It's pretty remarkable, the team that they've put together. It just works, and it continues to. They've got Zaza Pachulia in the middle at center. Yeah, they had Andrew Bogut for a while, and, and they let him go, which I think ends up being proven to be a pretty good decision. Zaza is another kind of just-do-the-dirty-work type of guy. Yeah, he'll get some points every now and again, but 
he, he's more of the dirty work type of dude. Another guy who just fits in well with everybody else they've got. What I think people don't realize is how good the Warriors bench is, too. You know, they got the best starting ro- starting rotation in basketball. They might have the game's best bench, too. Which, you know, you put those two things together, it's no wonder they won all these games, obviously. Andre Iguodala is a guy that Celtics fans are familiar with. Or, I, I should say, longtime Celtics fans are familiar with from, from all his days in Philly. A... A real, I mean, he was he was the best player on the on, on the 76ers team for a while. He was the star for the Sixers. And the Sixers weren't all that good when he was the star, but he was still, like, the main option. So, you know, you've got another team's main option as your sixth man. That tells you everything you need to know. He's a perennial sixth man of the year candidate. Gives you offense. Can jump out of the gym. You know, he seems to be, but, you know, a couple years ago, he was best known as the guy who, who got blocked by LeBron in in Game 7 a couple years ago, and that's how he's kind of known in Cleveland, but he's certainly way more than that. This guy's a good player, and he's perfect off the bench for them. Can score, can jump, can defend, can rebound, great energy guy to lead your your, your second unit, And, and he's often on the court late in games, too. They've got Sean Livingston, and if you know anything about Sean Livingston's story, it's a miracle that he's even playing let alone playing well, you know, let alone being a really productive member of, of this team. Sean Livingston was a very high draft pick when he came out. I think the Clippers took him and suffered an injury in his rookie season that was not unlike the one that Gordon Hayward, and I hate to bring that up so soon, but <clears throat> not really unlike the Gordon Hayward injury from terms of severity, it was a an absolutely just devastating knee injury that caused him to miss an awful lot of time. People thought, doctors thought he would never be the same again. Came back from it, you know, not the same caliber point guard, I guess, that, that you know, people expected when he came out, but he's still pretty darn good and is a very, very reliable bench piece for the Warriors.
Avery Caspi, they just signed another guard. I mean, I could go through the entire roster, but suffice it to say that this Golden State team is very good, can beat you in a number of different ways, is extremely versatile, has a bunch of guys playing positions that they you know, might not otherwise be accustomed to. Does that sound like anybody else? If it sounds like the Boston Celtics, you wouldn't be alone in thinking that, because I sure do. I think the Celtics are well on their way to emulating what the Warriors do. Because that's exactly what the Celtics have right now. They've got a bunch of guys who are versatile, who can do different things with the basketball, who defend. And you know, and they've got a deep team. It's it's not quite as deep as, as the one in Golden State. Look, no team in the NBA can say that. No team's as deep as the Warriors. But the Celtics are well on their way to emulating what the Warriors are doing. And the Warriors are not going anywhere, by the way. The Warriors are still pretty young, if you think about it. Steph Curry just turned 30. Clay Thompson's about the same age. Draymond might be a little younger. Durant's still pretty young. I mean, Durant's been in the NBA 10 years. But Durant, I don't think, is 30 yet. If he's 30, he's just 30. So... They're not going anywhere anytime soon. They've got the coach that's going to be there forever. I mean, Steve Kerr is Steve Kerr. He's won, been, been to three finals in a row, won two of them. Maybe the best basketball mind next, you know, with, with Greg Popovich and Brad Stevens in the NBA right now. I mean, the organization is there to stay. And, you know, the Warriors are going to be good for an awfully long time. And, and Steph Curry just re-signed for, for, big, for big money. They'll get Thompson re-signed too, I'm sure, if they, if they haven't already. They'll, they'll figure out a way. But the Celtics, if they're trying to be like the Warriors or trying to emulate what the Warriors are doing, they're doing a good job of it. I mean, they're not there yet. They're not as good as the Warriors yet. And down Hayward, again, I, I don't. They're, they're not as good as the Warriors probably with Hayward. They're certainly not as good as the Warriors without them. But... They're doing a lot of the same things that the Warriors do, and it's and it's it's translated into success certainly in this young season. So that's going to be a fun game tonight. I would like to say the Celtics are going to win it. And how about this? I'll go out on a limb and say the Celtics make it 14 in a row. I'll say they win the game one one oh nine to one oh seven. How about that? I don't know what the line is tonight. I don't really care. I think the Celtics will hold or tomorrow night, I should say. I'll say the Celtics hold, hold serve on their home court. I don't think they'll win in, in, you know, in Oakland when they go out to play there later this season. They won't win there. But I'll say the Celtics will hold serve on their home floor. 109-107, they're playing well, they're playing together. How about that? I think they'll get it done. And it'll be fun to watch, boy. Tune in tomorrow night, 8 p.m. on TNT to watch a really, really good basketball game between two very, very good teams who are very versatile and play together. So let's wrap the show right there. A little bit of a shortened show today, but you know, there's only one big story in Boston sports right now, and it's the Celtics, and that game tomorrow is the big deal. Uh, no show tomorrow, more meetings and, and stuff going on. I apologize for that, but that's why we previewed the Warriors game tonight or today. Uh, the game is tomorrow, by the way, not tonight. So if you're tuning in TNT tonight, you're not going to see it. The game is tomorrow at 8 p.m. No show for 
us tomorrow. Friday, we will be back. It'll probably be a little later in the day, but we will do Patriots preview Friday. We'll get you ready for the Oakland Raiders. Uh, we'll see. We'll have a better picture of, of who's going to play for the Patriots, if they're going to get Hogan back, Marcus Cannon, uh, who's dinged up, who will not play. We'll have a much better idea of that, so we'll get you all ready for the game. Otherwise, enjoy the rest of this week. We will see you Friday morning on the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. Goodbye, everybody.